Welcome to another edition of Oh No Not Them, the show where formats don't matter. There is no plan. And it's all bullshit anyway. Come along for the ride. Here are your hosts, Eric, Jim, and Bill. I will hold on. We're not there. We're not. I will tell you this. Okay. I didn't wear my jean jacket this weekend to Coney Island. How was Coney Island? Coney buddy? Island is, I'm gonna be honest, my honest review, a little bit disappointing. Really? I we kept comparing it to Wildwood. Yeah. I did get a picture of the big um parachute ride that's on the typo negative thing. Yeah. I saw where the Warriors were filmed a little bit. There you go. You know, got some Warriors merch, got some, got some sock, shot glasses and all that. But the boardwalk is not... Coney Island is really just like an amusement park with some food places. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... Now, we did go to the New York Aquarium while we were up there. Awesome aquarium. Wonderful right. aquarium. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... But um, as far as... And we went to the one racetrack, um, uh-huh. go-kart track. My boy Ryan, who that boy can drive. He took it three wide on a track. It didn't look like it was meant for three wide. Huh. And he, I mean, I was impressed by that boy. Nice. And, I, and I told him that too. I said, he impressed me. Then someone spun out in front of him. He smashed right into him. <laughs> Poor guy. I felt bad for him because then he couldn't, he could not get a lane. <laughs> he kept getting his lane blocked. Yeah. And people were breaking in the corners. Oh. And it was like, oh, no, you break going into the corner and accelerate coming yeah, out. They, That's they, correct. These people are, ba- yeah, they're basically taking the corner like in, you know, like slowly. And Ryan, <laughs> and Ryan is getting so irritated. And when he's trying to go wide, then they're going, you know, he can't get around anybody. I felt bad. Yeah. But it was a oh, a great time. Then we did Knobles. Yes. On 4th of July. Nice. And again, it wasn't crowded. No fireworks. We came all the way from there. And then we saw the fireworks in Lehighton. I mean, it was just, it was, it's been a hell of a time. I blew my voice out at Knobles. Yeah. We did the Black Diamond ride. Woohoo! Black, Black Diamond! Yes. But Val doesn't like scary things. So as soon as the ride goes dark, I lead out a blood curdling scream. Uh huh. <laughs> and blew out my voice. Nice. <laughs> and of course, the first thing she says, oh, hilarious. <laughs> well, I, 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 you showed us the video of, uh, with the skeleton on the porch. Yes. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, that, that that was fantastic. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Did you oh. go did you go through haunted uh, the haunted haunted mansion? Where? Or uh, Canoles. No, I don't I, I, I never really cared for it. That's the fiftieth anniversary. Well I got I got I got a commemorative mug. Okay, fair enough. Oh. Yeah. They also have a thing at, at Coney which I was like it's called like a spook house or something. Uh huh. I would have loved to have gone on more rides at Coney. Uh huh. But it really wasn't a ride feel that day because I yeah. wanted to do the cyclone. Um, I did have a Nathan's hot dog. Uh, I'm not a fan of Nathan's hot. It's dogs. actually it's actually really good on site. Not not the frozen ones you get in the store. I, I've never been a fan. I don't. I I really don't care. They're usually for them. not frozen in the store. Refrigerated, frozen, there they're cold. No. But these were fresh. Eh. And it, there was quite, there was, you know, there was a very, I'm going to say this. There was a more eclectic crowd at Knobles than there was at Coney Island, which is, yes, it is was really? weird. It was honestly, I was expecting to see lots of weirdos. 
At Coney Island. At Coney Island. I did get a monk come up to me and try to give me the bracelet. That's a common New York City scam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I shoot him away. No, well, a monk, a guy in monk vestments will come up to you and give you a bracelet. Correct. And while he's standing in front of you, halves your wrist uh-huh. with the bracelet, uh-huh. he'll ask you for money for the Buddhist temple in Chinatown. Oh, my goodness. And there is no Buddhist temple in Chinatown. No. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like the minute he comes up to me with the bracelet, I'm like, I'd like to push him out of the way. Oh, my. Yeah. I pushed a fucking monk. <laughs> nice. But when we got the, the we had Knobles, the crowd was more, there were more, I mean, you know, I'll say it. There were more freaks <laughs> at Knobles yeah. than there was at Coney Island. <laughs> but still, for a two-hour trip up, wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right up. Off over the Brooklyn Bridge, right to the island, forty dollar parking, but it was all day. Mm-hmm. We were there like all day, forty dollars. I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. a great time, especially because you didn't drive. Good, I'm glad. You, glad you I could have drove. I could have <laughs> drove. I only freaked. We only freaked out one time. Uh huh. The directions home said get on the Beltway East, right? Yeah. Well, I saw a sign for Beltway West, so I told Lisa. Well, don't take that one. No, that's what it meant. Oh. Because <laughs> to get to the Beltway East. You got to go to the Beltway West. You got What kind of what kind of stupid drink? Exactly. Yeah, the that is. Yeah. The way you're looking is the way I felt it too. I was like, wait a minute. To get to the Beltway East, you got to go through Beltway West. That's why you look at the screen. <laughs> you fucking I was dummy. looking at the screen. All the roads are close together. Well, you. They're, you can't just. What? What is this? It's an iPhone. Well, you, you, I miss MapQuest. He doesn't have the touch screen in his car like we do. Yeah, but at least that's an iPhone. That's on the dash. Well, no, we actually have the. Our, I don't. Our, I don't. I don't have GPS. I use my phone, but you can make the phone image. You can make the map bigger. See mine. Like, on, you have GPS built into your car. Well, I didn't, I didn't it's get my that. Fu- I have my. It, it's through my phone. Oh, but wait, you have Apple CarPlay? No, I have. I have uh, or Samsung CarPlay. Yeah, that thing. Get a fucking USB cable and hook it up to your car, dipshit. Well, my phone's automatically connected to the radio through the Bluetooth. Use a USB cable. I bet you your GPS comes up. I bet you your Google Maps comes up on your screen. Better. Okay. Yeah. We get lost, and they cause an argument between these two. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, and, hold on. And this coming from the guy who won't go to a fucking Waffle House because he can't get in the left fucking lane. That's right. I don't want to fucking hear that shit. Hey, Homer misled me. <laughs> That's why I don't use Homer anymore. I, God, I wish we had film that I, day. I took Bella driving. <laughs> I took Bella driving Saturday, and I had such a fucking flashback. We went down through Nesky, went up to Broad Mountain, and we came into Hazleton. Yeah. And I said, we'll turn left on 309. And as we're getting closer to it, she goes, this one. No, it's the next one. This one. No, it's the next one. I, fucking, I said, do you ever hear me and Bill talking about no, the next one, because Andy fucking made the wrong turn? Speaking of that, we were down by there by, for the Jersey Ren Fair, by that exact place. We went by the armory. Oh, my God. You remember where Andy turned into the parking lot? Yes. It's now a gas station. And like a complex of like all the like a hairdresser, gas station, mini mall type building. Right. Oh We're, my yeah. god. I'm like, because I was like, oh, this is this is the armory, so it should be the next one. Wait, 
oh no, this is not this anymore. I was laughing my ass off. Whatever parking lot's gone. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, uh, I, well, go ahead. I, I want to say one thing about Bella is all I'm going to say. Um, she's doing, I don't know if I told you, her junior and senior year, she tested into L Tri C. Yeah. Uh, she has her courses and everything, and, and I had to get her login to make a payment. Um, and she said there might be a discount involved, but I, I was checking all last week. I said, are you sure I'm going to get this, blah, blah, blah. Every time I went to the screen, nothing changed. So today uh, was the day I was supposed to log in and pay the tuition. I got onto the site. Everything still looks the same as it did all week. And I'm like, there's no place for me to make a fucking payment. I backed out. It had like the dollar amount, and then down at the bottom, it just had zero. So I backed out, and I, you know, there's a green button to pay. I hit that. Nothing again. So I'm fishing around the site thinking, okay, either the site's fucked up or I'm doing something wrong. I called the business office because the phone number was there. Um, and I said, hey. I said, I understand I'm supposed to log in today and pay my daughter's tuition. And the lady says, is it for the summer semester or the fall? I said, it's the fall. So she says, can I have her ID number? And I gave it to her. And she's, I can hear her typing, fiddling stuff out. She goes, just hold on a second. I just want to make sure of something. She gets back on the phone and says, you don't know anything. Your daughter got a full scholarship. Nice. Good job, Bella. I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking A, 1200 bucks. I didn't have to pay today. Good job. I was... oh, Awesome, uh, Bella. I was I was doing backflips at work. I was so excited and happy. You were... No, 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 Hold on a minute there. No. That's, that's an embellishment. What? I was fucking shaking. I was that fucking happy. I agree you I'll were I'll agree happy. you might have been shaking. <laughs> but you ain't doing no backflips. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was... Yeah. That's a lot of blue blub to that get That was moving. a lot of blue blub. But yes, I was... Brian old. be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I, I don't think I, he might crack the concrete. Oh, it's linoleum at work. It's linoleum. Well, it's done it definitely would have cracked it. <laughs> it's concrete under the linoleum, though. But still, fuck. Yeah, that was who. <clears throat> yeah, I had uh, had an intro. I had a fun little trip to Westchester yesterday, uh, down to corporate headquarters. Yeah. and saw some interesting things and some interesting things may be happening shortly. So. I told you guys about it off air, and it's, it's exciting times. <laughs> Just ask for a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, with an easy pass, what do you think it cost me to get from Mahoning Valley to Valley Forge? Because you get off at the Valley Forge exit. I'm going to say 20 bucks. No, not that much. Okay, 15 8 dollars and 80 cents oh each way with an easy with pass. an easy pass without an easy pass 1680 yeah i saw a couple of signs like that on the way up to new york it's like with and without i'm like that's not nice yeah i mean I, the and the thing of it is like i get reimbursed for tolls and things like that yes it takes about a week for the Easy Pass system to have your tolls hmm. registered on the system. Honest to God. Yeah. 
So it's easier for me to just pad my mileage a little bit. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but yeah, um, it was it, it was it was fucking interesting. It's gonna be this is gonna be pretty cool. Um, so on the way home from work today, Bill sends us a link, a link to a list, and. I look at, I <laughs> briefly look at the list. Oh, okay, twenty nine best drummers of all time ranked. I just, I just saw the title because I said to him, I said I had a guy on vacation. I was working the counter. I was fucking busy. But then, yeah, we talked about it when I got to his house. Yeah, I, I didn't look at it until I got home. Uh huh. I didn't look at this list until I got home. I, I, because I said in the text, I will. I'll look at it when I get home yeah, or I'll type it out when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go through this list. Are you regretting this? No, this is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I made live notes. Oh boy. As I was typing this motherfucker out. All righty. <laughs> this is from a website fr- called music Yeah. Which is the first issue I have. <laughs> Not music in Minnesota. Minnesota gave us prints. You're all right in my book. Mm-hmm. The douche canoe that wrote this article <laughs> is from Nashville, Tennessee. But he wrote it from Minnesota, from, don't you know? wrote it from, from Minnesota. <laughs> right there next to Canucks. Now, this guy claims to be... Oh. A professional musician claims to be a professional musician. I wonder what he plays. The fucking skin flute. There you go. That's not nice. Possibly the meat whistle. <laughs> I was going to say kazoo, but I didn't want to offend uh, uh, Doug. Doug. Yeah, Doug's, in, Doug's here. <laughs> Doug says, what's up, crackers? <laughs> fucking best kazoo player I know. Anyway, so... The 29 best drummers of all time ranked, mind you. Ranked. Ranked. 29 best drummers of all time. All time. Of all time. (laughs) Top flight, Craig. (laughs) Of the motherfucking world, Craig. Anyway, number 29, Chris Coleman. Uh, Chris Coleman is, uh, he started off playing in his church. Which is a gig he still does to this day. Okay. Okay. I never heard of him. He he made his made his bones in the music business playing for acts like Shaka Khan, <laughs> Babyface, <laughs> and the New Kids on the Block, who are known for their drum tracks. Definitely. Yes. Every single one of he them. He is ranked number twenty nine of the greatest drummers ever. I, I'd also like to point out he couldn't get a thirtieth. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got an aversion to 30? Number 28 is the first one I have a real fucking problem I thought, with. I thought I knew which one you're going to have a problem with, but this I didn't get to it yet. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of problems. <laughs> Number 28. Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater. My live note. What the fuck? You're going to put 27 dudes <laughs> ahead of Mike 
Portnoy <laughs> on a list of the best drummers ever. <sighs> I'm a hard. I, I, music is my life. Okay. I'm hard pressed to come up with five. I would put above Portnoy. <laughs> Moving on. Number 27, a great drummer. I can't argue with him being on any best drummers ever list. We talked a lot about him over the last three weeks. Cozy Powell. Okay. Cozy Powell's played with everybody, played with Black Sabbath. Uh, you know, he's a monster drummer. Can't argue with this mm-hmm. one. Number 26, we're at the next What the Fuck? Lars Ulrich. Better than Mike Portnoy? Well, yeah, with the album for Metallica. And we, we no, do wait, the, that's Paul. I don't know how that's to Paul. do I don't do the See, voices. The, the, the time when I, 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 I played Shortest Straw and it was right, and I and James James gave me some, some soft cheeses and meats. It was wonderful. Lars Ulrich. Rated higher on anything but tennis. Than Mike Portnoy. <laughs> Are we fucking kidding? Why did you do this, Bill? I didn't do it to piss him off. No, it didn't. <laughs> this, it, it, it's not pisses me but off as so much as perplexes honestly, me. Honestly, the forum that I was like, that I found this I found on. I found your thing on on Fark. Yeah, and you see what I mean? Everybody kind of agrees yeah. with a lot of the shit you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next at twenty five, a great drummer doesn't get enough recognition. Carl Palmer of Emerson Lake and Palmer. Okay. Excellent fucking drummer. Number twenty four is a blues cat who I'm not too familiar with. A guy by the name of S. P. Leary. He played with Howlin' Wolf and T Bone Walker. Yeah. Most I, notably. I wouldn't know. Not too familiar, but okay. Number twenty three. We have a problem. Here we go. <laughs> Meg White. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 23. Yep. Better than Mike Portnoy. Just better put- than Carl Palmer. Even better than Lars Ulrich. <laughs> and much better than every name not mentioned. Yes. We'll get to yeah, that yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know I'm a White Stripes fan. Yes. But Meg White does not deserve to be in a best drummers of anything. Doug says, I bet I know who number 20 is. That claymation kid from Rankin and Bass, the little drummer boy. (laughs) You you may be right. Number 21, Elvin Jones, who's jazz cat, most famously worked with John Coltrane. Okay. If you worked with Coltrane, you were fucking top shelf. There's no doubt about that. I can't, I can't under, I can't. You know, devalue yeah. that pick. Yes. Number 20. Uh, shit, I skipped over 22. That was 21. Mm-hmm. Number 22, a very underrated drummer, John Densmore of The Doors. Okay. Densmore was a great drummer. Yes. Like I said, 21 was Elvin Jones. Number 20, a ver- another underrated drummer. He was overshadowed by his guitar player, his two singers, and all the drama in his band. Mm-hmm. Mick Fleetwood. I was going to say, I bet there was Fleetwood, yes. 
Mick Fleetwood's a great drummer. Yeah. At number at number nineteen, a very underrated drummer, and he went on. He had most of his success with Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, Mighty Max Weinberg. Okay. And he also played uh, for he he was the band leader yeah. for Conan O'Brien. Yes. Max Weinberg and uh, the something seven, but. Max Weinberg's a beast. Mm-hmm. And his kid plays for Slipknot. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jay Weinberg took over mm. uh, for Slipknot. Mm. And Jay Weinberg's a fucking animal, too. Um, number 18, Al Jackson Jr. He was the guy that was behind all of the great Stax records, Motown stuff. Okay. 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 Most famously, Booker T and the MGs. All right. Number 17, Fred Below. Blues Cat played with Elmore James, Otis Rush, Howlin' Wolf. There's a lot of blues drummers on here. Right, but it's from Nashville and Minnesota. Yeah, because there's a ton of blues in Minnesota. There probably is. I mean, it's got to be depressing to live there. It's, that <laughs> I mean, I have nothing but casseroles. Yeah, that doesn't... Well, no. That, that's where your fucking Hot Viking... Dishes. Hot dishes. That's, that's where it. your Viking fucking sea shanties come in. Good sea Santis. <laughs> Lots of leaks. Number 16, a very, very, very underrated drummer. Mo Tucker of the Velvet Underground. Okay. Mm. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. The Velvet Underground was made up of all fantastic musicians. Number 15, one of my favorite drummers of all time, Stuart Copeland of the Police. Okay. Yeah, I love the Oh, police. yeah. No, I... I I just, I, I, mm. yeah. I I don't know if I could put him in good conscience above Mike. I, fucking the problem, prob- yeah, that's your sticking point. The Portnoy is so low. I on said the for list. now. We just we're gonna get better. <laughs> Number fourteen, one of my favorite drummers ever, Dave Grohl. Yes. Of course, he's going to agree to that. I mean, well, well, the dude's a great drummer. He was, you know, Taylor. I always said, and this is no disrespect to Taylor Hawkins, because we know I love Taylor Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Taylor was the second best drummer in the Foo Fighters. Yeah, he uh, Dave started at an early age. I think he was touring with Scream when he was fourteen. I think. No, 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 no. He he lied in the interview. Said he was twenty one, but he was only nineteen. Oh, okay. He was, 18, he was 18, 19 when he when he toured was when he joined Scream and toured with them across the country. Yeah, and Dave, on, then then during the tour, he accidentally did an interview. This is in that book I'm reading. He accidentally did an interview when he told the guy his actual age. And when the band <laughs> found out, we're like, "Well, fuck! Uh, if it's a twenty, if it's a club, you got to stay in the van until we're ready to play." Yeah. Number thirteen, Tony Williams. Uh, another jazz cat played most notably with Miles Davis. Okay. Now we're gonna get to my big fucking sticking point on this re- on this list. The number twelve entry, according to this fucking dick rocket. I didn't even write his name down because I don't want to give I, I don't want to give him anything. Mm-hmm. At number twelve of the greatest drummers ever, you have. The professor, Neil Peart, and the cocksucker couldn't even spell his name right. Oh shit! Oh, 
He spelled it N E A L. N E A L. That's nobody spells Neil like that. This fucking nitwit did. I'm like, just that's not not even not even like Neil Pyle. It's like that's right. Number twelve. Fuck you. <laughs> oh my lord. Number eleven. Rated higher than Mike Portnoy and Neil fucking Peart. But a great drummer nonetheless. Okay. Karen Carpenter. Dude, look up some videos of her solos. Okay. Karen Carpenter was a fucking badass drummer. Mm. That girl could play. Number 10, another great drummer. Mitch Mitchell of the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Okay. I mean, Hendrix had a great band. It, I was going to say, I mean, you talk about a drummer in his band, he definitely overshadowed by Hendrix. Well, yeah, and, yeah. He, and you had Noel Redding on bass. Yeah. It was, the, Hendrix had, you know, top shelf cats with him. Mm-hmm. And then even later on when he did the Band of Gypsy stuff, it was a completely different complement of guys, but still top shelf. Number nine. One of the few drummers in any genre ever I would ever put on par or possibly even above Neil Peart. That's Buddy Rich. Mm-hmm. You want to see a guy, you want to see what a jazz drummer is supposed to be? Okay. Look up videos of Buddy Rich. That guy set the standard. Well, him and another guy we'll talk about here in a minute. At number eight, I I was really surprised to see this guy pull this one out of his ass because he's talking out his fucking ass, but he brings up Bill Bruford of Yes. Okay. Another good progressive rock drummer. Yeah, Yeah. great drummer. Now, number seven, I, I, I love the guy, and he was the perfect fit for the band. But to put him in the top 10 of any list of great drummers is it should be a fucking offense punishable by at least 50 lashes with a wet noodle. Public castration. I would be I would be down. Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones. Not a bad drummer. No, but a simple he, he he held the simple beat for that group. He you're right. He was perfect for that band. You're yes, 100% correct. 100% perfect for the Stones. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. But ooh. number 6. A man who is a great drummer or was a great drummer, he's passed on. But completely batshit crazy. Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker, Ginger Baker. Cream. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ginger Baker, great fucking bass player. Uh, uh, bass drummer. player drummer. I'm thinking of Jack Bruce. Yeah, that'll be another list. That'll be another off. list. I could get fucking torqued about. <laughs> Number five is the guy that I would put one and one A with Buddy Rich. Okay. As far as the greatest jazz drummers to ever pick up a set of sticks. Uh, Gene Krupa. Okay. That's another guy. Find some YouTube video of this guy. And he was, you know, these these guys were from the big band era. Un-fucking-real. How good they were. 
Number four, he was a great drummer, but a better showman. And he d- has no business. No, crazy. And another fucking a- absolute batshit crazy guy. Keith Moon. Bingo. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Moon the Loon. Yeah. Great drummer. But his his theatrics, I think, outshadowed his playing. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and, he, and he was a hell of a drummer. Yeah. Uh, yep. There you go, Doug Wargo. Ginger. Ginger. A fucking great drummer, but batshit crazy. Number three. You're going to fucking, you're going to lose, you're going to jizz yourself over this one. John Bonham. Yep. <laughs> really? <laughs> Number three of the greatest drummers of all time. I mean, he did play with his hands. So did Tommy Aldrich, who's a better drummer than Bonham. I'm just trying to do that thing no, where just let we talk about bottom enough we can just scoot, scoot right around bottom we'll skip over. devil's advocate yeah there you go Thank actually you. angel's advocate yeah <laughs> I, I am the devil and i am here to do the devil's work number two leave on helm of the band really you're fucking kidding me no i'm not i wish i was but the biggest joke <laughs> comes in at who he clocks it clocks in as number one. I'm taking my headphones off of this. Should we? Ringo fucking star. <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. Well, I mean, I did all with the drums, man. <laughs> now, Ringo, much like Charlie Watts. Yes. Absolutely perfect for his band. Yes. Mm-hmm. Single, you know, snare, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but nothing really complicated. And Ringo played exactly what he needed to play for the Beatles. Yes. But let's just go with cats on this list that we've put Ringo Star ahead of. <laughs> and I'm not even going to mention Mike Portnoy or Neil Peart again <clears throat> in this conversation. Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich, Bill Bruford, Stuart Copeland, Dave fucking Grohl. Now, oh my God, let's talk about the people that didn't even make this fuckwads list. Well, the ones that I mentioned were Dave Lombardo, Nick Menza, yeah, Charlie Benante, yeah, um, I'm, uh, well, uh, Vinny Apice. And I'm trying to remember who the other one that I mentioned. In, uh, it's the one that also threw over Slayer. Paul Bostaff. Paul Bostaff is another one that I put in there. Okay, so that you've got those five. Just off the top of my fucking head, we've got Vinnie Paul. Mm-hmm. We've got Carmine Apice. Mm-hmm. We've got Tommy Aldrich. We've got Lee Kerslake of, you know, the guy that played actually played on the first two Ozzy records. We've got Bill fucking Ward. Yeah. Yep. And after I had done this list, I actually just typed in Google best drummers. Every name between the two of us did come up. How about Gina Hoagland? Mm-hmm. How about Richard Christie? Yeah, now we're going to get a little bit deeper into things because now I'll start bringing up death metal drummers. Mm. Yeah, and there's some that I know that you don't 
like, but still, I mean, I think Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee is a fantastic fucking drummer. He's a terrible human being. Yes. <laughs> but he's a fantastic and fucking drummer. And who is the drummer for Faster Pussycat? I can't Whoever remember Whoever it is. Name. Great drummer. The, the drum tracks on, yeah. on Faster Pussycat are amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know? But, the, like, those, and that's sad. Dude, I, I don't know his real name. I, I, I never looked up his real name. But sticks it in you from fucking Steel Panther. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. Where the fuck was Danny Carey of Tool? Joey Jorgens. Where's Joey yeah. Jorgensen? Yeah. And he was also on, like I said, I and it's like all these, it's like, my God. And but I tapped out at Meg White. Yeah. I cannot agree that she deserves to be on a drumming list. You know, I honestly can't. There you go. Doug says, Cliff Burr. Uh, you know, Maiden's original drummer. Nico. Yeah. Fucking Nico McBrain. Mm-hmm. Alex Van Halen. And we all know I'm not a Van Halen fan, but Alex can fucking play his ass off. Yeah. I, this guy might be, uh, you know, a little fucking slow in the head. Here's what gets me. He probably got paid to do this article. That, sadly. Yeah. And we do this for free and come well, up with Nashville, better lists. he was probably hanging out with Jack White. Hey, man, don't bring the master to this. <laughs> master fucking Bader. Where, speaking of master Baders, where's fucking Joey Kramer? Whoa. Hey, okay. There's no need to go that, that route. I was going to see Eric Singer or Peter Chris. Where's, where's Singer? Singer especially. Singer did some amazing work. Where's Eric Carr? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This dude. Dude. We. I, I mean, we we shat all over his band when we did the deep dive. But where the fuck is Rick Allen from? Death There's Lapper? another one. Yeah. This list reminded me of basically the popular picks, and then you interspersed it with deep cuts from jazz. And the blues. And blues yes. yes. To make it sound like you know what the hell you're doing. That sounds about that's right. That's exactly what he did. Because that's what I probably would have done if I made an article like this. Better put something in there that for the for the real deep guys. Yeah, well, now here's the thing. If I'm going to make a list like this, my favorite players are, are, are going to include that. Mm-hmm. Because my... Uh, <laughs> take uh, take my, a sip. Take a sip of liquid. This, this list legit made my fucking brain hurt. I can tell your temple's pounding. And that's not was not my intention. No. I just wanted to, I wanted to post it because I thought it was an interesting article. I never thought he was going to talk about it. You didn't say nothing about the other picture I sent. <laughs> Who's got the bigger fish? No, that was a red snapper. <laughs> <laughs> what it was? Yeah, it but was. Did, yeah, but did you find a Coney Island white fish? <laughs> no, it wasn't up there. Coney Island, as I said, I didn't go on the beach. Um, and I should have. I should have so much. I don't think Jim knows what a Coney Island whitefish is. I don't is. know. I don't know. It's a condom. Oh, God. A used. Yeah. It's an, also an Aerosmith song of a rock and hard place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I know what a Coney Island whitefish is. Oh, God. Is. Yeah, see, Doug even knows it. You know, the one-armed drummer from Def Leppard. Rick Allen is a great fucking drummer. Yeah. And, you know... He was he was a great drummer with two arms, and I, I will give him 
you know, a thousand percent credit for perseverance and ingenuity and being able to stick with it and push through losing an arm to continue to play the fucking drums. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a fantastic fucking drummer. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. We, we, you know, we're forgetting another guy, John Rutsey, who was the original drummer for Rush. Okay, I did. On the first album, John Rutz. He was only around for one album. One album. Uh, he had some health issues and he didn't really want to tour. So when they did the Fly By Night record, they brought Neil in. Yeah. And that, and oh, well, the that rest was of the other one I forgot. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Oh, yes. Phil, yes. Phil Collins, who the 80s drum sound yeah. was his. Yep. By putting the reverb and the mic above the drums. Yep. I mean, the 80s drum sound below. I mean, who can be more influential? Because up until that time, when you mic drums, you never, nobody ever played with a resonator head on their toms. Okay. The bottom head. Okay. And they would stick a mic up inside the shell. Uh-huh. I, I, I'll show you my drum mics before you, before you leave. They, they don't go inside the shell anymore. They clip onto the rim over top of the batter head. All right. So, yeah, and Phil Collins innovated that kind of, that miking. And, well, a shit ton of reverb on the drums. Yeah, but in the air tonight, classic drum fill. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a fucking nitwit. <sighs> what guy? Me? No, the guy who wrote that fucking list. Oh. Uh, uh, take a... Fucking bastard! I, I don't I don't share these lists to cause aggravation, but you know what? I'm glad they do. <laughs> well, it, may, <laughs> it, may, it makes for good fucking content. Hey, have to regulate your emotions. <laughs> oh, John says I don't think Jesus Christ was a or John. What am I saying? I, I, right away, I'm thinking John Christ, and you'll see why in a second. Mm-hmm. Doug says I don't think Jesus Christ was a drummer. That made me think of John Christ, which also makes me think of another great drummer. Chuck Biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about Bill Stevenson? Who? Bill Stevenson. He was another drummer for Black Flag back in the day. Okay, yeah, I wasn't. And the Descendants. uh, You know, one of the all-time great punk drummers. Who the fuck's a drummer for Green Day? What the fuck's his name? Trey Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Trey's a good drummer. Yeah, there's, I mean. What about Travis Barker of Blink-182? There you go. I'm, Okay. I mean, it's it's at this point. I mean, it's like influential. And what about Tyler Stevenson of Red Shirt, Black Shirt, and Deprived? <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of him. I think we know him a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. He's a pretty pretty goddamn. Oh, and Suddenly Found. He also plays drums for Suddenly Found. He's a hell of a drummer. That guy. <laughs> Actually, I put the drummer for Iron Cross also on a. Gr- that I'm not I'm not too familiar, so uh, I can't. Iron, speak to Iron that. Cross, it's a basically an internet band. Uh-huh. And, but if watching that drummer, Jesus Christ, he's flipping sticks, he's juggling the goddamn things while he's playing. Dude, that's he's, like he's fucking amazing to that, watch. That's like the guy that that plays with uh with Slaughter's touring band and Vince Neal's solo yeah. band. Uh, Zoltan Chaney. No, I wasn't thinking him. I was thinking the original drummer from Slaughter. Blasi Loss. Blas Elias. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Blas Elias, another fucking killer drummer. Yeah, yeah, it's there's yeah there's are so many that it's okay, and I still say Meg White, you ruined the list, dude. <laughs> even Ricky Rocket, mm-hmm. 
yeah. deserves, you know, like more consideration than Ringo Starr. <laughs> I still can't get over fucking Ringo Starr number one. Doug, perfect. Sheena Easton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. He's not known for it, but you know who else is a killer drummer? Bruno Mars. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Bruno Mars is a great fucking drummer. Anyway, let's move on from this. Yes. Let's move on to something good. Breathe. <laughs> Changing drinks. This was oh god the moxie he brought out the moxie. Well, I had to I had to because I didn't I didn't toast Jenny last year. Her store is is still in the process of clothing closing clothing. I got a sore throat. <laughs> so so get there. Look at his cup. Look at his mug. What? That's wonderful. It's 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 beautiful. It's a little pink sparkly pussycat. You don't like pu- sparkly pussycats? <laughs> What's the new pussycat? Where do we start talking about the movie? <laughs> ah, pussycat. What yeah. are you doing in the bucket? Exactly. So, cheers to Jenny. Here's to you, Jenny. I gotta open up the water. I ran out of room. <laughs> <laughs> Move the phone. Oh, this is I, gonna be I'm a not, fucking no, process. It's fine. Just, just go. It's Jesus Christ. This is why we can't have nice things. So. Our friend Ryan Kombucha. <laughs> Hang on, isn't that a drink? Yeah. Kombucha. All right. Ryan Kabushin. Ryan Kombucha and the Kombucha Mushroom people sitting around all day. Who will believe you? Let your mother pray. Sugar. S- system of a down. I, I know. It's just, they're not supposed, you're not supposed to say it like that. Sugar. 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 <laughs> right. Uh, he suggested that we do Megadeth's Rust in Peace. Mm-hmm. That is their fourth studio album. Amazing, it's only their fourth. Yeah. I know, right? Um, released on September 24th of 1990. This album peaks at number 23 on the Billboard charts and is certified platinum in the United States, which means in excess of 1 million copies sold. It is their first album with... A stable lineup. This lineup would last more than one record. Yes. And it never happened before this. <laughs> Dave went through went through musicians the way Jim goes through pancakes or Twinkies. I don't eat Twinkies. <laughs> Allegedly. Ah, Swallow no. them all, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just slurp them right up. It's fucking glizzy lizzy over here. <laughs> anyway, um, this is Megadeth's first album uh, with what many consider to be their best lineup. Mm. You have, of course, the mastermind of the band, Dave Mustaine, on lead guitar and yes. vocals. On bass, you have, up until uh, just a few years ago... Mm-hmm. The only other constant member of the band, Dave Ellison. Yes. You have the debut of the incredible Marty Friedman on guitar. Mm -hmm. And on drums, you have a guy who started as their drum tech. Really? Yes. Huh. And then he got the gig. Yeah. Nick Menza. Mm -hmm. Another guy that should have been on the list. Yep. Like you said. Yep. 
But this album is fucking like nonstop. This is relentless. Mm-hmm. Starts off with a song called The Holy Wars, The Punishment Due. Mm-hmm. This song, and this was also the lead single. Yes, it was. With okay. the video, yep. Yep. Unbelievably good song. Absolutely. I had thought this was about the, um, like, Iraq and the desert stuff. Cause it's nope. see, cause, just because that fill that always had. But I also remember Saddam Hussein was calling that um, in Kuwait a holy war. Yes. And I didn't realize that, of course, this was about Ireland. And, you know, about, you know, Dave made a bad decision while at a, at a tour over there. Yeah. Uh, what what happened is see I I yeah. had I thought about I always thought it was about yeah there were there were someone someone thing. was selling merch uh, bootleg merch outside and he was going to put a stop to it and they said no leave him goes for the cause and he didn't he thought it was like you know he when he thought you know he misunderstood what the cause was so he opens up the concert with pretty much give Ireland back to the Irish yeah. In Northern Ireland, caused a riot, and that's why the and then he wrote this song. Oh my! Yeah, well, the first half of the song. Yeah, the first half of the song. But there's a very Middle Eastern feel to it, which is why I got confused. Yes, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, it's got In that the middle. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, it's got ding, that. Ding, yep. Yeah, it's got that. Uh, I don't want to get into the the technical. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a Middle Eastern style guitar scale in there. Yeah, in the middle. And, you know, that, that, a lot of that is the influence of Marty Friedman oh, coming yeah. through. Um, but the first half, like Bill said, the first half of the song is about the IRA conflict mm-hmm. with England, which is a holy war. It's the Irish Catholics against the fucking Protestants. Mm-hmm. Bleeding C of E. <laughs> <laughs> The second half of the song, The Punishment Due, is based on the comic series, The Punisher. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, it's based on you know, Frank Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Killed my wife and my baby. With hopes to enslave yes. me, either way they died. Yes. Hmm. Uh, paid by the Alliance to slay all the giants. First mistake, no more mistakes. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, everybody's been paid by the Kingpin in the comics to try and take out Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. And nobody can fucking do it. Do you ever watch that series on Netflix? Yes. Oh, it's fucking John Bernthal is fucking awesome. Oh, my God. See, I've, I'm a huge Punisher fan from way back in the day. Yeah. Back in the early 90s, I think it was. I geeked out when they made the first Punisher movie yes. with Dolph Lundgren, and then I watched it. Yeah, yeah, that one sucked. But the second one they made, where John with, Travolta was the bad guy, yep, with Thomas Jane, that, that was burned down, good. fell over, and the third one it stood up. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, actually, the one, the one with Thomas Jane stood up. That mm. was a good movie. But the John Bernthal series on Netflix, fantastic. Yeah. I've never been a fan of the Punisher, as like. In a comics or anything like that. However, in my Marvel Legendary game, he's one of my favorite characters to play. Yeah. Because well, uh, he fucks shit up. And oh, yeah. <laughs> what was really cool in, if you watched the Daredevil series on Netflix as well, 
Mm-hmm. The Punisher and Daredevil always had a thing going back and forth, and they actually fight in the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they exist in the same universe. Yes. Uh, Daredevil and Punisher exist in the same universe in the same city. Correct. You have Frank Castle is the Punisher. Vigilante. Yep. And well, but wait, a Matt minute. Murdock is well, the vigilante. Yeah, in, in the new Daredevil he, series, because they've already linked that goes right into the MCU now. Well, I'm talking about the Netflix Daredevil series. Yeah, they, they've already linked that in because Matt Murdock from that series appeared in Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Yes, yes, you're okay. correct. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know what? Didn't the Kingpin make a few appearances in Spider-Man? In, well, the Kingpin character. No. He, he was, was in He was in uh, the one with, I, he was in the Daredevil movie when that was... Um, I'm, I, I, I right. don't even know if, I don't remember if he was in the comics at all, though. The, the guy that was on ah, shit, one of those CSI fucking shows. Yes, D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he, Joker. No, no, <laughs> no, no, not no, Joker. No, no, no. Pile. Yeah, he was Gomer Pyle. Yes, he played. He played. He was the kingpin. He was the kingpin. Yes. yes, perfect casting. Yes, but I'm th- no. I was wondering if the kingpin character had ever shown up in the Spidey comics. I don't. Oh, in the comics. Oh yes, he probably has. Oh yes, yeah. They, uh, okay, so then. So then it's canon that those mm-hmm. universes mingle. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. But like the, the Kingpin's two biggest rivals traditionally, as a tradition, were always the Kingpin, or not the Kingpin, the Punisher, and... Daredevil. Daredevil. Yes. And it galls me that a lot of these fucking douchebag Blue Lives Matter cops, okay? Not the good cops, the fucking asshole cops, like the cocksuckers that didn't go into Uvalde when the shooting was happening, mm-hmm. are sitting there with fucking Punisher decals on their yeah, cell phones. That doesn't make a lot of sense at all because Punisher is anti-cop. Very. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah that whole thing just kind of like it's a it's a cool symbol. Yes, but do you really know what you it don't means? understand it? Yeah. Yes. It's like that's like Joker having the born to kill and a peace sign. That's right. <laughs> Speaking about the duality of man, sir. Anyway, moving on. Let's right. go to the next song. Yes. Unbelievably good song. The second single off the record, mm-hmm. Hangar 18. Yes. Yes, that guitar in the beginning seems to last forever. It does. Oh, but yeah. it's so worth it. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Welcome to our fortress hall. We'll take some time to show you around. Impossible to break these walls for the sea. The steel is much too strong. Mm-hmm. It's it's about you know, a top secret government government, yes. government facility. Area fifty one. Allegedly. 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 If it exists. Let's let's take a road trip and see what happens when we get close. Well, I mean, if there's nothing area, good. If there's an area fifty two, there has to be a fifty one. Right. Just- but uh, yeah, Hangar 18 is about you know a, mm-hmm. the 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 place where foreign life force inventories <laughs> in a suspended state of cryogenics, mm-hmm. and also military intelligence. Two words combined that can't can make, make sense. sense. I can speak to that <laughs> fucking firsthand. Great song. Yep. And another beautiful example of Marty Friedman's fucking oh. stellar guitar. And like I say, it wasn't until that long ago that I realized. How long the song was compared to how many lyrics were in it. Yeah. I mean, there's just two verses and the rest is just well, kick ass music. This is one of this is one of Megadeth's most progressive musical albums. 
musically, this album is like just like leaps and bounds beyond anything they've done mm-hmm. to this point. Yeah. Because uh, the one before this would have been so far, so, far, so, so good, good, so what? Mm-hmm. Which clocks in at like 31 minutes. All the songs are short. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Yeah. But it's short. There's not a whole lot of progressive elements to it. It's pure thrash goodness. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Track three, Take No Prisoners. Take No Shit. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, is their, this is their World War II song. Yeah, I love this song. Yeah, the whole album. This oh, is yeah. another one that's just right on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mustaine, Mustaine is he's a great lyricist. Mm-hmm. Great fucking guitar player. Um, I mean, and like a lot of people shit on his voice, on his singing voice, because he's got that nasally thing. Yeah, but it works for yeah. Megadeth. Oh, my God, yeah. I couldn't picture anybody but Mustaine it's singing angry. for Megadeth. It's angry music. Yeah. And it's an angry voice. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Next, we have Five Magics. This is a great song. And it's about a sorcerer who has to master the five magics. It's There's a book. I can't remember the name of the book. But the sorcerer has to master the five magics to defeat the evil sorcerer. Yeah. But- Alchemy necromancy mm. no one was thermatology thermatology yes right sorcery electricity electricity that's the weird one they all kind of it all went kind of D and then electricity there's no electricity in D and don't say lightning bolt ball lightning no that doesn't count <laughs> it does nobody's flicking a switch it's ball lightning didn't 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 Ben Franklin discover electricity from a lightning bolt? No, he invented electricity. No, he there didn't was none invent before, it. There was none before he that. He discovered it. He couldn't have discovered it. Everybody knew it was he there. He harnessed the power. <laughs> and no, he wouldn't have invented shit that would have been fucking... Well, Edison took the credit. It would have been Nikola Tesla. Yeah, because they killed the elephants. Oh, the history of electricity is fun. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's, it's fucking fantastic. And George Westinghouse is the biggest scumbag of all of them. Because yeah. <laughs> he's the guy that fucked over Tesla yeah. and then fucking sold out to Edison. Edison. Anyway, Five Magics, fucking beautiful. Great song. <laughs> yes. Amazing song. That's the end of side one of the cassette. Yep. And there is not a single second of dead space. No. On that. Now we move on to Poison Was the Cure. Mm-hmm. Dave liked the cocaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and various other substances. Yes. <laughs> he liked the cocaine. Yeah. <sighs> but, I mean, it, it still sings great. It's it's like, you can take it as, like, what's it, literal or figurative. Yeah. Oh, it's literal. Well, of course it is. Yeah, talking about the, po- <laughs> the poison fang and... Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, the poison running through his veins. Come mm. on, man. Dave liked the cocaine and a few other uh, other substances. Mm. Speaking of cocaine, how the fuck? I, I just said to him, should we talk about this or not? Do you sneak <laughs> blow into the White House? Maybe it was on the bottom of somebody's shoe. I don't know. 
But no, it was it was it was conveniently stored in a storage cubby. I can't believe they don't. They can't find the. There's fucking video. All there's cameras everywhere. You can't tell me they don't know who the fuck did this can, yet. Can you dust for prints off of cocaine? Oh my god. The baggie. Oh shit. I, I I still contend it was hunters. That's what I said to him. <laughs> and now they have. I, I have a they, different. I have a different theory. They but. have. They have a video somebody put on Twitter. Where there's some event and he's standing up behind his mom and he has his head down. He gets up and he like wipes his nose. <laughs> <sighs> it was stuck to the bottom of a laptop. But then the other theory was because they were talking about yeah, stuck to the bottom. Well, I heard he returned a fucking rental vehicle to Hertz with lines of coke on a dashboard. Gotta love it. <laughs> that was years ago. But then they're also saying, like, maybe somebody, you know, technically everyone's supposed to get searched thoroughly before they go in. But maybe you had a visitor that came in and was walking around doing a tour and was like, oh, fuck, I got my Coke on me. And they just quick, like, tossed it. So they don't know. But the thing is, the West Wing tours, just your average Joe cannot tour the West Wing. We know. That's by invite only. Yes. Well, I'm sure it's not the first packet of drugs that's been in the White House. No well, hell way. no. Clinton had a it's, Bill alleged according to his own brother, Bill Clinton had a nose like a fucking Hoover. Yeah. So, really? So according to his own brother. Oh my lord. You know, so at this and, point and and, and and Billy Bush spent some time well, in the Well we White all House. knew that. Everybody knew that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Billy Carter spent some time in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's been to the White House. Don't tell me he wasn't packing a fatty. That's right. <laughs> and, and Ron Reagan Jr. might have. Oh, Ron Reagan Jr. <laughs> might, Ron Reagan Jr. might have been on the cocaine a little bit too. Oh God. Anyway, let's yeah. move on. Uh, the cocaine. <laughs> Fucking Doctor Roxo did a White House tour. <laughs> It was so funny. The shows I'm listening to today, all their bumper music had to do with fucking drugs and cocaine. It was like toking the line, one toke over the line, and the Eric Clapton cocaine. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, next song we have is Lucretia. Oh, the laugh in the beginning of this. You know what that's about? What? When Dave was on on to cocaine uh-huh. and other substances, mm-hmm. he was convinced Lucretia was a woman living in his attic. Okay. Yeah, this Sitting is very this is chair. very King Diamond vibes to yes. it. Yes. <laughs> oh my lord! And he'd get fucked up, and he would talk to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting in Granny's rocking chair, isn't that? Yeah, that's is that how it goes? Yeah, I think maybe I don't remember. Maybe I'm getting that confused with King Diamond. Yeah. But yeah, ex- another excellent fucking mm-hmm. song. Um, I, I I I next. We come to one of my favorite Megadeth songs ever. This is my favorite Megadeth song, without a doubt. Tornado of Souls. The guitar in this is absolutely fucking incredible. One that they still play live. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Kiko Loriallo, I got to give Kiko all the fucking credit in the world. He nails Mm. Friedman's solo. Yeah. And Marty Friedman tells a story about this, about recording this solo. He's like, I played it. Mustaine took his headphones off in the control room, shook my hand, and walked out the door. <laughs> and that's when I knew I had the gig. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> that's when I knew I was the guitar player. Whew. 
yeah, the, this the the Tornado of Souls guitar solo is some of Marty Friedman's best work mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. and that's got a lot of gra- that's covering a lot of fucking ground. Oh yeah, Friedman is amazing. It's and it tells it, it's the story about getting out of a dysfunctional relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've all been in the eye of the tornado. Yep, <laughs> you know. Uh, number eight, we have uh, we have one that showcases Dave Ellison on the bass, mm-hmm. the Dawn Patrol, mm-hmm. and you know, and a pop. Uh, this one's yeah, this one's a bit weird. Well, it's it's about the uh, it's about a, world nuclear. Well, it's winner. about us ruining our planet. Yeah, yeah, which is that's why I'm saying it's weird because. It's like when I it, it's a very Greenpeace liberal type of attitude. Yes, but when I've seen Dave, he's the opposite of that. <laughs> well, he he's very it's, it's he like, like he you think my political views are fucking diametrically opposed, you know on on certain issues. Mustaine is Mustaine. It always seems like he's against who's ever in power. Yeah, yeah. He he's a contrarian by nature, but he's always been. Uh, he's always been for environmental rights. You yeah, know? yeah. He's always been big for the environment, and I, I, you know, I, I applaud that. You know, I, I, my kids and I have we've been doing a lot of fishing, and one uh, lately again, and one of the things I always taught them was, you carry out anything you carry in, mm-hmm. take out if what not, you bring in, if not more. Yep. Like if we're if we're fishing somewhere and I see garbage laying around, that's why I always carry a bucket with me, because we don't keep the fish. We we catch and release, but all of our trash and if there's any other trash laying around, goes back in that bucket and comes out with us. You take only fucking memories and you leave only footprints. I kind of agree. What do you mean, kind of? Well, I mean, you know, a river is is more like if like a moving garbage can i mean you you throw it in there you won't see it in 10 minutes what you know what that actually was done that whole thing that what he was talking about is uh a bit from an episode of the trailer park boys oh my god ricky ricky (laughs) says god ricky says the same thing (laughs) i've never seen the show but one episode ricky says the same thing about the fucking lake in in the back of the trailer park great Great, that's that's Lee Heighton coming out. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Although my grill dinned up in the Aquashukla once. <laughs> yeah, we were dumping the hot embers in it, and um, and someone let go of the grill. weren't weren't me. No, no. Are we sure about that? Yeah, because it was like just like throwing the hot embers in, and I don't know. On three, he let go of his side. <laughs> And a grill moving with the momentum, I couldn't hold it anymore. It had to be Lance. Yep. Yeah, it had to be Lance. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Right in the drink. <laughs> Did uh, you go in for it? We we It, it was shallow water, so okay. yeah, we fished it out. But, okay. but from hitting the bottom, the whole side was caved in. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's in the dumpster now. Yeah. That's when I grilled on charcoal. I I I was a charcoal snob for the longest time. I had a really nice Weber kettle. Yeah, I was a charcoal snob for the longest time, but then I got I, I got to thinking, it takes way too fucking long to get them going. Yes, it does. And I'm not smoking anything. I'm just buying a gas grill. Yeah, I wasn't. I was just poor. All I had, all I could afford was like like the metal can. Grills are expensive. They are. I, I actually need a new one. Mine, uh, the 
Well, the the one I have now, I got probably going on 10 years now. I actually won a $500 Home Depot gift card. Mm-hmm. And I went down. You want to see a neat fucking trick? Fit a five-burner gas grill, unassembled, mind you. It was still in the box. Mm-hmm. Fit a five-burner gas grill in the back seat of a Chevy Cruze. Wow. How the fuck did you get it in there through the door jams? Carefully. I would have ended up taking the whole thing out of the box and taking it home unassembled. Yeah, we got we we got I won a five hundred dollar gift card from Home Depot. Went down, bought a new grill, bought some tools, mm-hmm. you know, bada boom, bada bang, away we go. And now the I'm I'm on the third catch pan underneath. Mm. I've replaced that three times. Wow. Um I'm on the third set of uh of the the tents that go over the burners. Mm-hmm. Third set of those, second set of grates. Now the fucking the actual shell of the grill is starting to run. Oh. It's time for a new one. I if I can get this season out of it, I'll be ha- you know it'll be great. But next year I'm looking to upgrade. I want to get one of the Webers that have the uh that have uh, I could take out the grills and put a flat top in. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like a Blackstone. Yeah. I want to do, because I want to be able to do, you know, smash burgers and maybe one morning go out and do eggs and bacon. Eggs and bacon. or Well, I mean, you can do that with a regular grill. You just put a, a pie pan on. I don't want to do that. A pot. You put a past, uh, cast iron pan on there. No, no, no. No, just like an oven pan. I don't want to do that. Well, but you can do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to ruin my fucking baking sheets. They're cheap. I don't use cheap baking sheets. Oh, for God's sake. He's sakes. talking about the aluminum foil ones you buy in a fucking store. No, I ain't. I'm just talking about like the ones you, yeah, you, you buy at Walmart. No, I buy... With, with the sticker that never comes off. I buy... <laughs> see, I buy decent ones. Yeah, well, I'm the frugal gourmet. You're not a fucking gourmet. <laughs> oh, he's a gourmet, all right. Fucking... Speaking of which, speaking of which, my fucking pizza cups stolen. Fucking stolen. No. You can buy them at no, Giant. That was not. I had said pizza cups in a cupcake tin. I had said that. And now he they're did. viable. He did. I want to buy them and I want to eat them. Well, why didn't you? Because <laughs> I was too mad. Look, a listener took my fucking idea. You can't. You got to be like me and not get mad at shit. What? <laughs> Portnoy, as he's, as, as he's clutching his moxie. Let's finish this album, shall we? Last song. Uh, Rust in Peace, Polaris. Great way to end the record. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, total banger, and this is about the fucking, about getting rid of all the nukes. Well, this is also about the Polaris missile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the inspiration for it was Mustaine saw a bumper sticker. That said, I hope your nukes all rust in peace. Oh, no shit. Yes. Yeah, this was right around, I think we were ju- we were just ending Reagan's. Yeah. The wall had come down by now. Yes. Doug says, buy a pellet grill, bitch. You can smoke, grill, bake, anything you want. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he has, yeah I think he has, you have one of the pit bosses, right, Doug? Um, yeah, I think he has one of the pit boss pedal grill, uh, pellet grills. I, I just want... 
a nice gas grill mm-hmm. that I can, you know, have a flat top. And because Randy's always like, we, you should get a flat top so we could do breakfast burritos. And I'm like, okay, well, fucking buy me a flat top. <laughs> buy me a Blackstone, bitch. Mm. Yeah, Father's Day just happened. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Christ. Anyway, what do you rate the album there, Bill? Oh, this is just a, a great... I mean, I, I went into this cynical because I had really thought I had, had left this album in the past and I was done with it because I really didn't care for the Rust in Peace tour because I kind of felt that... But after listening to it again, I, I did not leave this in the past. I still enjoy it. And except for Dawn Patrol, which is a little weird, I'll, I'll give. I want to give this like a nine point five, like really almost perfect. Okay, nine and a half. I would go nine and a half too. This fucking phenomenal album. Um, I can just remember listening to this over and over and over again. Me too. On the tape. Um, I mean, Bill will tell you, I was a huge <laughs> fan of. I'm, and still am a huge fan of the so far, so good, so what? Mm-hmm. And when this came out, I was like, this was a game changer. <laughs> you know, I was a, I was a Metallica guy more than a Megadeth guy until this album. Hmm. Yeah, 90s switched it up for a lot of bands. Yeah. And, yeah. and this was one of them. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely fucking love this record. Um, I, I gotta give, I give it a nine out of ten. It's absolutely, Mister Kombucha, good fucking <laughs> pick, dude. Is he old enough to have known like when this came out? Because I mean, we we were able to hear this like no, raw. He's, he's I think ten years younger than yeah, me. Yeah, we were able to hear this raw, and yeah. it's like around there. There was a period. It's like the music. This changed everything. You know, Marty Friedman just changed everything. Uh, uh, Doug gives this album a 12. Okay. Fucking amazing record. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is one that Doug had on... Uh, had, had on the... <laughs> or no, it was Cryptic Writings, I think, that you had in the truck forever on the way to practice. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. But, uh, yeah, this... Nothing bad to say about this rel- this album at all. Yeah. Ryan, good shit. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Now, on to our next piece of business. Mr. Miller suggested a movie. Yes. Called The Boondock Saints. This album was released... Or album. This <laughs> movie was released on January 21st, 2000. And it was made on a budget of $6 million... It made a whopping $30,000 at the box office. Mm-hmm. But wow. in, in fairness, it was a limited release of five screens yeah. for one weekend. Okay. Okay. Five screens for one, either a week or a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie has gone on to considerable success as a cult classic in the home rental market mm-hmm. and the home video market. It has made in excess of $50 million in sales. And this movie was written and directed by a man named Troy Duffy. And our cast of characters, we have Willem Dafoe as Paul Smecker. Sean Patrick Flannery as Connor McManus. 
Norman Reedus as Murphy McManus. Mm-hmm. Twin brothers. Yep, d- twin brothers. David Delarocca as David Delarocca. Real f- fucking creative there. Also known as the funny man. Rocco. Yeah, De- Delarocco. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Connolly as El Duce. <laughs> the Duke. Bob Marley, not that one. Yeah. As Detective David Greenlee. <laughs> David Ferry as Detective Dolly. Uh, I can't fucking pronounce that last name. Some Greek shit. I can't fucking yeah, get yeah, yeah. that. Um, Brian Mahoney as Detective Duffy. Carlos Rota as uh, Giuseppe Papa Joe Yacoveta. And the Hedgehog himself, <laughs> Ron Jeremy as Vincenzo Lapazzi. And, and Doc from Fraggle Rock. <gasps> That's right. That he, was him. And, and the best part is as Doc. As Doc. Yes. Was Doc and Ron Jeremy in the same fucking movie. <laughs> and oh, I loved his character. I absolutely loved Doc's character. Yeah. Well, he, uh, had, he had Tourette's. <laughs> Why did the Irish bar- Hang on. We're we're jumping yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie starts off in a church on St. Patrick's Day. Oh. And father's given his, you know, given the benediction or mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm not a Catholic. I don't know yeah. shit. But he's given... Uh, homily. Uh, the homily, right? Yes. Talking about uh, Kitty Genovese. Yes. Okay. And the McManus brothers, one of which has Veritas tattooed on his thumb. And the other has, what's the other? Aqueous. Aqueous. Some, yeah. Okay. Equality and justice. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they go up and they kiss the foot of the statue and listen. They they leave and, and the other and they had a visiting bishop from across town. And as soon as he saw them coming up the altar, he like went to stand up and like to say, "What the fuck you do?" And the other priest is like, "Up, no, just sit down, let them do their thing." <laughs> yeah. So they leave and they go to work. Yes. Now it's St. Patty's Day and like two good Irish boys, <laughs> they're gonna go get fucking shammered afterwards. Correct. Yep. So they're at Doc's. <laughs> a fucking book of Proverbs. <laughs> right. Why do you get like a tree and get the fuck? Yeah. yeah he, keep, he keeps fucking up his Proverbs. Why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here? <laughs> I've used that. I know. Oh but he, was, he kept, he just said, makes it, we're going to buy you a book. It's a- <laughs> yeah. Rock, we're going to yeah. buy you a fucking book. They're at, they're at this bar. They're at Doc's bar. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, you know, typical Boston Irish bar. And Doc, just ha- happens to have Tourette's. I don't know why. Why do you? Why did you fucking need to give him Tourette's? Be- Fuck because ass. It, because it's Doc from Fraggle Rock, <laughs> and when he found the Fraggles had come out of the wall, it messed with his head a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the Russian gangster, two Russian gang, or three mm-hmm. Russian gangsters show up. Doc explains that he has to sell the bar. Yeah, they're yeah. making them sell the bar, and then the Russian. Gangsters come in. I think there's two or three of them. Three of them, and they start telling everyone to get the fuck out. Um, the brothers are like, "It's St. Patty's Day. Everybody's Irish. Why don't you just settle down and have a fucking beer with us?" And then it it skips ahead. Well, well, what happened? You, you you see the start of the fight? Not really. Well, you know they're gonna go down. Yeah, but you do. It skips around in yes. time a lot. Well, that's 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 what I loved about this movie because the next scene <laughs> is the cops outside in the alleyway <laughs> with, and this is where we meet Willem Dafoe's character. Yes. Wow. 
what a I what a character. <laughs> um, we don't find this out right away, but um, he's an FBI investigator, and mm-hmm. he's been sent to check out these gangland killings. Correct. Yeah. We don't know this yet, but Paul Smecker's gay. Yes. That'll, yes. That will play a part later on. <laughs> but now, the next morning, the Russians come back for revenge because they got the shit knocked out. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what, what the crime scene is. Okay. Is yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have the one big Russian laying there on the ground in the alley with his Burnt his pant his ass is burnt out of his pants and just has a great big fucking bandage covering mm-hmm. it, and the other one has a bandage on his head, and William Defoe's well what he put the he put the headphones on he was like a kind yeah. of crime scene investigator and going through and he found a slug here a slug there and he told everybody what to look for. And poor fucking Greenlee, yes. Jesus Christ, yeah, he's fucking inept. Yes, <laughs> but it's... then it shows. What happened? Mm-hmm. It shows what happened in the bar. How they put the big Russian down the down the down the bar. Fucking poured whiskey on his ass, set it on fire, just kicked the shit the other out guy of him. Got two wine bottles yeah. knocked in his yeah. head. Yeah. yeah. So the Russians come back the next morning, and they're looking to exact their. They're looking for their pound of flesh. Correct. So they handcuff. Uh, they, they handcuff Connor to the shitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they take. Uh, they, they take Murphy out. They take Norman Reedus's character out, and they're going to kill him. Well, somehow, <laughs> Connor ends up ripping the shitter off the floor and carrying it up a flight of steps onto the roof, onto the roof rooftop, and dropping it on to the Russian gangster, while ma- miraculously not hurting his brother. Correct. And then jumping off the building into the into the dumpster, because we all know that that's like super safe. <laughs> you had to I, suspend disbelief for some of the actions. Yeah, had. no. Yeah, uh, we'll get to this in a minute. Oh, um, it, 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 so now they're they the 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 media is kind of making the McManus brothers out to be folk heroes. Mm-hmm. They don't know who it is yet. Correct. But they're making them out to be mm-hmm. folk heroes. So they decide to turn themselves in yep. to the Boston PD. Now, Greenlee's a fucking buffoon. These guys are miles away from now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Greenlee's a fucking buffoon. <laughs> the other two are are semi-competent, at least. Mm-hmm. And, like, Willem Dafoe's character has no qualms at all about telling Greenlee he's a fucking buffoon. Yes. And, you know, heaping praise on the other two cops. So they come in, they confess, and uh, because, you know, the, the, the federal agent has the power to decide not to prosecute murder, um, I guess. They rule self-defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, they rule it self-defense. He decides he's not going to prosecute. Correct. So they ask for some reason, they, they want to spend the night because they, because of the press that was going to be outside. I That's thought it was because waiting. their apartment was trash. Well, that too. Because it was an illegal, illegal loft. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah. So now they spend the night in a holding cell where magically they both have an epiphany, like good Catholic boys always do. 
they have an epiphany. And uh, they decide that they're they're going to take out the bad people in the world so that the good people can flourish. Now, I'm assuming that the the, the weapons dealer that they went to see was IRA connected. <laughs> All the shit that was in there. And the big Irish flag. Yeah. I'm assuming he was IRA connected. So they go and they load up. Yeah, well, they got the pager off the Russians. Yes. Yeah, no, that's and it right. went off. And they call it from the cop station, and it's like, meet me at this hotel. Is it? Oh, yes. We got the information. It's like, yep. yeah, that's right. It's all by happenstance. All this is happening. Yeah, they get, uh, they get the, they, they find out where nine mobsters, nine Russian mobsters, are meeting up. So they go to this. Uh, I guess, I guess it would have to be an IRA connected dealer. Mm-hmm. They get loaded up for bailing, including a rope. A rope. Gotta have a you rope. Gotta have the rope. Right. Why are you getting the, the goddamn rope? And well, the, you never know when you're going to need a rope. But at the same time, the funny man is talking to the Italian mob. Right. About what's going on because they think it's a mob war. Not that it's just these two people doing shit. Right. And I don't know why, but they want to send him to the same place and kill... The head guy. They're setting him up. Is this I, yeah, he, they are setting up, but I can't figure out why they're setting him is up. Is this when he told the joke? Yeah, the one joke. Okay. That was, that's, where, that's where Ron Jeremy came yeah. into effect. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm like, my first thought, why the fuck is Ron Jeremy in the movie? <laughs> right. <laughs> so the Papa Joe is setting up Rocco. Mm-hmm. He sends them. He knows there's going to be nine motherfuckers there. And sends one dude to take out nine dudes with a fucking six-shot revolver. Correct. Which we don't know yet. The two brothers decide they're going to go in the air duct. Yeah. And they get over the room. They don't have a plan. No fucking plan at all. (laughs) They start arguing and fighting about the fucking rope. Which was awesome. Just, just, I mean, just, I'm going down the rope. No, I am. I can see. I mean, it's what's happened to us in the garage. Putting up that fucking beam. Yeah. But they're just fucking tussling, and all of a sudden, the vent gives way. The rope, somehow, they were, their feet get caught up in the rope, and they're dangling there. They whip out their guns, and as they're twirling around, they just start fucking shooting everybody. Right. And Smacker figures it out. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like a fucking idiot savant. Well, they did put... Well, then, then the doorbell rang, oh, yeah. and they didn't know what the fuck was going on, and they look through, and they're like, it's, it's, the funny man. it's fucking Rocco. He's fucking, he's dressed like he's bringing fucking food. Let's <laughs> and, fuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they pull their mask down, drag him in, fucking make him, make him shit himself, and then he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck did you guys do? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's when they realized, when they went back, oh, they got money. They found they all went, that money. And they went back to the apartment, and that's when they were talking to him about... Uh, that's when they realized they fucking set him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now Rocco decides he wants to join forces with the brothers. But at this point, uh, they're also getting hammered, high, yeah, whatever the fuck they are. And one of the most craziest parts in the movie is there's a cat laying on the table. <laughs> Sorry. And Rocco slams his hand on, I'm going to get those motherfuckers. And his gun goes off and the cat just explodes into a bloodstain on the wall. It was such a a terrible 
And they're like, did that just fucking happen? And then who who said, is the cat dead? <laughs> like, it's a fucking spot. And then the best part is his fucking junkie girlfriend shows up. Yes. And he goes, what happened to my cat? He's like, what's the fucking cat's name? Tell me the fucking cat's I'll name. I'll blow my fucking head off if you can tell me the cat's name. And then he's like, oh, for Christ's sake, what color was the goddamn cat? It was orange. And I'm like, wait, it wasn't orange. It was a gray and a white cat. Right. What is it? I can't run into... When I go for a pack of smokes, I can't run into ten guys that you, you ain't fucked. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> anyway. The funny man was a freaking manic-ass character. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so now, that night, uh, they know that... Vin- so, like, funny man has decided that he's going to join up with the brothers. Yes. So they know that Vincenzo, Ron Jeremy's character... Um, they know he, he frequents the nudie booths mm-hmm. at the sin bin at the sin bin. <laughs> Love that name. Of them. And they go there and they end up greasing Vincenzo. Was this before or after he went to the diner and took out the two schmucks to set him up before before? Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. They, they didn't, they couldn't believe he was, was alive. Yeah. But, but he, they also decided while they were at the nudie place, to kill the other people that were there as well. Correct. Yeah. And again, Smecker shows up. Figures it out. And knows exactly. And, and, and the best part was, yeah. When he this one's professional. These two weren't. Yeah. yeah. And when he crosses them, he says, fucking Wyatt Earp. And then Smecker's <laughs> like, we got a cowboy. And I'm like, how the fuck can you possibly know that? Right. <sighs> and, and by this time, we've seen Schmecker in bed with a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I want to cuddle. Get off me, you faggot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I was like, what? What a fag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Um, so now, Papa Joe arranges for Il Duce to be released from prison. Yeah. Il Duce is, like, I guess, the baddest motherfucker that ever, you know, like, the, the, the baddest hitman there hitman. ever was. Yes. Like the biker from Raising Arizona. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, yes. Um, and he contracts them to deal. He contracts El Duce to deal with the with Vin, uh, with uh, Rocco and the McManus brothers. Correct. So the guys chase the hitman away. You know, they, they, they he he finds them. Well, they they were on a mission. They were killing the cleaner. Yeah, another guy. They were going at Rocco. Said he hates this guy. He just kills whoever he wants to indiscriminately. If he has to take out somebody, he'll kill the kids. He'll kill the wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went. He was having a poker game. They found out because Rocco said, mm-hmm. oh, he normally has a poker game here. Blah, blah. So they went there. Uh, lots of shit goes down there while they're shooting everybody else. The, what the hit, the uh, cleaner is on the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes out and what? The, how did they finally kill him? Pool ball Pool, to the yeah, head. Cue ball to the head. Yeah. And then they're all done. They're all relaxed. They walk out the front door and there's El Duce standing, El Duce standing on the other side of the street. Loaded for fucking bear and just starts blasting away. Yeah, and now when Smecker was taught, they were mostly going through like Smecker's account. He said it was six guys with guns. Uh huh. And then it's like, then as they're going through it, they see it's one guy with six guns. Mm-hmm. And I think Greenlee even says that. What if it was one guy with six guns? Don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when he, when the McManus calls Smecker later, it's like, so it's one guy with six guns? 
Well, <laughs> and that messed with his head. <clears throat> this is the first time that they left evidence behind because they all got shot in some way, shape, or form. So they always they had this cleaner to spray down all mm-hmm. the blood stains Ammonia. Yeah, Ammonia. on the porch. Uh, but they forgot about Rocco's finger. <laughs> right. In the, in the front yard behind the bush. Yeah. And that's what Smecker found. Yeah. Uh, that's how he... And he kept it to himself. Yeah. He hid it. He took it back, got the ID, and that's how he found out who he was dealing with. But he seemed to have a big crisis when he found... It's like, that's not right. That can't be right. Oh, yeah. Like, no blood and shit like that? Yeah. And yeah. What, that's why when I saw we saw him drunk in the next scene, or what I think was drunk, I thought yeah. he was faking it. I thought he was trying to set somebody up. And I didn't realize where that scene was going. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now Schmecker's getting loaded at a gay bar. Mm-hmm. And he stumbles into the church mm-hmm. where he goes into a confessional. And now the priest is being <laughs> held captive by fucking Rocco. By Rocco. And Rocco's being held captive <laughs> by the McManus. Right. So <laughs> Schmecker comes to the realization that he's going to help these guys. He's not going to fucking go after him. He's going to help him. So they tell Smacker that they're going to finish off Papa Joe. Joe. Mm -hmm. And they go and head off to do this. Well, it's a trap. Yes. And Smacker figures out it's a trap. But it's a little bit too late Mm -hmm. because they've got the, the McManus brothers and Rocco get captured. Correct. And now, Papa Joe ends up shooting Rocco. Rocco. Mm-hmm. But who shows up at the door but Smacker and Drag? <laughs> and he just starts laying waste to motherfuckers. Yeah, well, well, go ahead, Bill. This is nothing against Drag? Willem Dafoe is an ugly woman. Is an ugly woman, <laughs> yeah. and and everybody seems smitten. Yeah, it's like holy shit. Yeah. First, oh my god, she, she, Willem Dafoe and drag looks like a lot of the meth heads in this town. <laughs> yeah, and the voice, it's like hi there. It's like what? The? It's like oh well, I guess come in. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, we, but we, you gotta say Dafoe put his whole. Self out there. Oh, yeah. There was tongue in that kiss. Yeah. Um, so Defoe comes in, he starts laying waste to all these Italian mobsters. Yes. And then El Duce gets him. Mm-hmm. So the the, the cousins the, or the, 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 the twins always said a prayer. Yeah. Yep, I'm getting there. Okay. The boys get loose. Okay. The McManus brothers end up getting loose. And as Rocco's dying. They're saying their family prayer, mm-hmm. which they always said before they took somebody out. Mm-hmm. They're saying their family prayer when El Duce walks in. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? And I called it as soon as he walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Actually, I called it when I saw it was Billy fucking Connolly that played him. <laughs> That's the McManus's dad. Yep. Oh, was it? Yes. That was their father. Oh, God damn it. I never even got that. I knew it was a family prayer, but I just thought as, it was an Irish he, thing. He went in there with his two guns, 
as soon as he heard the prayer, he put his guns and finished his, the prayer. Finished the prayer with them. Yep. I I didn't catch that. Noah McManus. Yep. Okay. But yeah, so now Papa Joe gets arrested, and he's on trial for the third time. Mm-hmm. We fast forwarded three months. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, months have passed. Now, Papa Joe is on trial for the third time, and he's presumably going to be acquitted for the third time. He's he he is the uh, the uh, John Gotti of the war, of this yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Teflon; nothing sticks to him. So, with the help of the inept Boston cops mm-hmm. and William Defoe and Willem Defoe, Willem, not Willem, William, Willem, that's right, Willem. Uh, and Willem Dafoe's character was Schmecker. The McManus, the McManus family, sneak guns into the courthouse, and they storm the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And they give their mission statement. Yes, they do. That they are the saints, and they're there to take out the evil, mm-hmm. and so th- so that the good can flourish. And they execute Papa Joe. Like essentially on live TV, yep. correct. And they're folk heroes. They're you know, it, it, some people are for them, some people are against them. Yeah, that was in the credits. It was like they were interviewing people about you know what yeah. you thought happened, and you know people were some people were for, some people were against it. Yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah. And that's how the movie ends. You know, they're talking to people as the credits are rolling. Um. What did you think of the movie? Overall? I I gotta say I abs- I absolutely loved it, and I think I've because this is an older movie. I think I've been almost ready for twist endings are all over the place anymore. Right. So I was waiting in the courtroom scene for somebody to take out the McManuses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it didn't. It ended the way it should have ended. <laughs> And it reminded me almost, almost of like, almost a superhero origin story. Okay. Where these guys are taking out evil, and this is where they begin. Right. You know? I, 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 get, I get where you're at. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good take on it. Mm. There is a sequel I've never seen. There's th- two or three sequels. But, yeah. There's I, a couple. What, what's your take I on it? I love this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite flicks. Uh, definitely a cult, you know, favorite movie. I mean, you, you've never really even heard of it, but now you watched it and you're I, like, yeah, Holy I've, I've shit. heard of it, but I didn't hear of it. That's like, I want to see it. Yeah. Because I, the name doesn't evoke what the movie is. No. Um, I've, this movie's been on my radar for a long time. I've heard of it. Um, I've never watched it. And personally, after watching it, I don't get what all the fuss was about. It was a fun turn off your brain shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, but the comedy in there was just the, so... no, no. The cat, no. The fucking dialogue was hackneyed. This was a Quentin Tarantino movie I... without. This was a Quentin Tarantino movie without the intelligence. I was thinking that too. It seemed very Tarantino-like because everything the was... way it was flip flopping. Not only that, I mean, there was a lot of violence. Yeah, yeah, that's it's too. it's the worst, it's it's the worst instincts that Tarantino puts on film with none of the redeeming qualities. There's no character development. No, there's there's no character development. 
Um, the characters aren't particularly likable. Oh, none of them are. Okay. Um, but like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on this movie. I really don't. I did enjoy it for what it was. Mm-hmm. A good turn off your brain shooter. But I don't get what all the hype was about. People saying that this is some great fucking cinematic masterpiece. Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, no, no, not you. I'm not saying you. Yeah. I'm saying there's a lot of people that say this. I didn't... This... This is far from the worst thing we've watched for this show. (laughs) Far from it. But it's also far from the best thing we've watched for this. There were, like, the meatpacking plant scene did not... Rule of thumb? Yeah, but none of it made sense for anything. No. No. I mean, it... It wasn't for any narrative purposes. We knew the brothers got along. Right. I mean, if anything, it just shows that they maybe just don't give a shit. And no one gives a shit that they don't give a shit. I don't oh, know. that's right. He punched out that lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like, you know. It, the I don't, butch chick. I, yeah, it's like it didn't need to be in there. Also, um, I'm trying to think what the what the other. There was, a well, just like in the dialogue. You're right. The dialogue. Some of it was just, it seemed like it was written on the spot. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, it, it's a fun turn off your brain. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't read too much into it. Just enjoy the fucking ride shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, this has a 27% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? 27%. An average... Four out of four point seven out of ten. Wow, it's. I mean, I guess it is a cult favorite. Yeah, this is. It, you either like it or you hate it. I and no, nah, I'm middle of the road. Yeah, on it. Okay. I'm. I'm I, I may be one of the few. I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I try. I didn't want to read too much into it because this is not bad on the level of Days of Thunder. Or bad on the level of a fistful of dollars. But it is at the same time, it's and I, I, I often I will differentiate between the best movie we've watched and my favorite movie we've watched. My favorite movie we've watched so far is the Evil Dead reboot. Mm-hmm. The best movie we've watched so far is Do the Right Thing. That movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the movies we watched. I've watched so many at this but point. It's I forgot about do the right thing. This was uh, this was it was it was good for what it was. What do you, uh, we're doing star ratings out of five, five. out of five. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give this one a three because I mean it, again, I I like the movie for like what it was. I wasn't bored with it, right? And I wasn't sitting there thinking of like poke. I and again my my brain from being so cynical from all the shit bullshit cinema has thrown at us in the last how many years I was waiting for something to happen at the end and never happened right you you were waiting for the M. Night Shyamalan ding dong ending yeah, yeah. Well, it happens all the time we can't just have a regular ending yeah now if the thing was the twist it was the father thing which fuck it didn't pick up on <laughs> Right, but that I enjoy. You know what I mean. Yeah. But when I saw, I didn't think when Billy Connolly was in it. My first thought was, "Fucking Billy Connolly!" Hey, it's a- in the unlikely event <laughs> that we should lose power in the engines, <laughs> the plane will go down like a fucking dart. 
<laughs> yeah, love I, Billy Connolly. I love Billy Connolly, and I'm glad. I'm glad he was able to not play that character funny. Yeah, he played it perfectly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody, I think everybody did their role. Everybody, I think, did their roles great. The head of the Irish mob, not Irish, the Italian mob. Yeah, Carlos Rota. I would have loved to see somebody else in that role. I liked him. I liked like, Carlos. The Rota. guy from the guy that played the big bad in Roadhouse. Yeah, he. That is the kind of character I wanted to see in that. Yeah. This guy just seemed a little well, bit. I I knew I had seen him before, so I after the, watching the movie, I looked him up on IMDb. Carlos Rota is the guy that played. Uh, he was on Twenty Four. Okay. Oh, wow. He okay. played Marcus. Jo- uh, uh, he Chloe. Mm-hmm. He uh, he played her husband. Okay. Yeah. Miles O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where I. That's where I'm like I know I saw this motherfucker before. Yeah, it was, and again, it was a very, I mean, to see Norman Reedus before. Very got, young. Before, yeah. yeah. It's like he's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. But yeah, I, the beginning scene was a little bit confusing because they hadn't done anything yet. So why they got up and kissed the feet? That originally is what I thought it was a Tarantino thing because they had to do something with the feet. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he does have a foot thing. He does. <laughs> oh, no. Tarantino no, he does. He does have a very big foot thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. So what do, you, what do you rate it? Four. Four? Okay. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I can't I, I can't give it a, a super low rating. I'm actually going to give it more than you probably think. I'm going to give it a three. There you go. It was a good, fun movie. Mm-hmm. Alistair watched it with me. Mm-hmm. Alistair gave it a two and a half. Okay. Um, and one and a half of the stars alone is for Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Yeah, I watched this during the daytime and during one of Rocco's just scenes where he was cursing everything up. Oh, when he used the fuck. The best thing is, well, Lisa's out on the front porch while I'm watching the movie. Val, like, walks in during all of that and just kind of turns around and walks out on the porch. (laughs) It's like, but she leaves the door open and and with the thing, I said, close the door. I don't need the whole neighborhood hearing that. Yeah, he was. That's when he dropped like I don't know what. Oh, it 15, was yeah, 15, 20 F bombs. It was just it was just crazy. And they, even, like, they even said, "Well, you got you got use out of that word." Yeah, yeah. That I mean, again, and that is where it just. I just thought something was going to happen with him. I mean, I thought he was going to betray him. And yeah. then again, again, this is. I mean, it was there was so much baggage. We're so we're we're so con- and you're right. We are so conditioned. To wait for the twist. And the betrayals. Yeah. And there was no, like, betrayals of the groups in this mm-hmm. Every group was loyal to itself. Yeah. And that's how it was. I, I And I, I said, though, but Doc, oh, my God. I completely missed it. Oh. That was Doc from Fraggle Rock. Oh, God, when he was in the hospital. Here, with he, the nuns. Yeah, the nuns. <laughs> fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck. Right, so don't use that language. <laughs> now, um, this was, uh, yeah, I... I it, this wasn't bad. This was way better than yeah. your last pick. There we go. You you almost redeemed yourself. Oh. Almost. Almost. Um, should we pick for next week? Sure. Sure. Okay. Hang on. I actually just watched Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. It came out the week before Return of the Jedi. Starred Molly Ringwald, Michael Ironside. Never heard of it. Yeah, it is a B-rated sci-fi is flick. This? Is this a movie? You or... get the movie, Jim. I got a movie here. What I got? 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 
Repo Man. That's my other one. Who was in that? Um, Emilio Estevez. Why do I think I saw this movie years ago? You probably did. It's just from the eighties. Yeah, it was something yes. that I've never seen, and it was on my, it's on my never seen list. Like just like do the right thing was. Yeah, yeah. Good album, Testament. Practice what you preach. Oh, nice one. Oh, that's one of mine. Oh, good. It's gonna be an, it's gonna be another good movie music watching time. Yes. So. The the homework for next week, kids. The movie is Repo Man. Mm-hmm. And the album is Testament's Amazing. Yes. Practice what you preach. If it was the big five, mm-hmm. do we put in Testament or do we put in Exodus? Or do we put in Overkill? It depends on the day you ask me. Exactly. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. You know what we should do one day? Uh, one week. We should do our favorite four albums by the big four. Okay? Our fav- Each of the big four, pick our favorite albums. Right? Mm-hmm. And we have to come up with the other four. Easy. Testament, Exodus, Overkill. Three of them are easy. Oh, you mean the other thrash? Yeah. Anthrax. Oh, no. Anthrax is big four. DRI? They're a crossover. Yeah. They're... <laughs> <laughs> Death Angel? We could do Death Angel. We could do Dark Angel. We even could do DRI. But Bill's probably not too... Or not Bill. Jim's probably not too familiar with DRI. Mm-hmm. Just give them Thrash Zone and say, here you go. <laughs> here you Just go. Just say this one. Yeah, I mean, it's called, it, it called Crossover Thrash. The album's called Thrash Zone. Right. God damn it. Well, so if he would so he would have to do uh, Thrash Zone. I'll do four of a kind. <laughs> That's not fair. I okay. love Thrash Zone. It's not fair. Give a hoot. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, That's something we could talk about. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I actually was going to I was actually going to gimmick the uh the album pick. I was going to pick the album beforehand because there's one in there in particular that I want to do and it's been in there in there since the beginning. And we still haven't <laughs> Stop putting new it. shit in there. I haven't well, we, yeah. last two weeks we did. No, there's one that's been in there from the beginning that I really really want to do. So I, I was I was gonna gimmick it and I'll pick the album. You can always you can always gimmick it. We're okay with that. Now, well, maybe next week I'll gimmick it. Alright. I'll just say this is the album we're doing. Um, but then I would have to it would entail me looking at the papers with all the other albums. I was gonna on. say well, you can just say that's what we're gonna do, and then if we do pick it one time, you can say, No, fuck it, we're picking another one. That'd be the easiest thing to do. You're making all that racket over there. Shut up. Just talk amongst yourselves. Why do you have my good pen? Because I'm writing. What okay. do you got to write down? I'm, a movie. You guys keep adding shit. Well, go ahead. Add something. But anyway. You um, don't keep adding shit. <gasps> That's a lie coming from your mouth. No, I keep adding shit. You fucking slackers. Anyway. For next week, if you guys want to play along, and I hope you do, um... Watch Repo Man and listen to Testaments Practice What You Preach. Uh, it's going to be a ripper on good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it, 
I think I saw. I think I'm with you, Jim. I saw Repo Man many years ago. Uh, yeah, I I want to say I probably did. Repo Man. Not 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 <laughs> no. no not Barry Darso. No, again, this is this is one of those things where it's like I see this stuff, and I I absolutely want to include it. Yeah. This this is movie. Yep. Okay. This is one of my I've never watched lists, but that I think everyone would enjoy. That goes in Brocky. Um, <laughs> Another one that you should watch that I'm not going to put in because I want to watch it before it gets picked is A Futile and Stupid Gesture. A Futile and Stupid Gesture. It is about uh, Doug Kinney. Oh, shit. Yes. Played by um, the guy that did MacGruber. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Doug Kinney was the guy that wrote Animal House. Okay. Yeah, he, and, he and was, the National Lampoon scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was an he was an yeah. editor at 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 the National, National Lampoon. Lampoon. So that one I want to watch, and it's on my list, but uh, I just want to put that out there because it looks I want to watch it. There's a really good documentary. I got to find the name of it of the Lampoon. Mm-hmm. You'll really love oh, it. I've watched find it. Like, it. I love that. I've shit. watched it like three times. I'll find the name of it and send it to you. Um, that's it for the. That's it for this week, guys. Um, we made it. We did. We did it again. <laughs> Number one seventeen in the can. Dear Lord. Yeah. That's painful. S- fuck. In the can. <laughs> in the can. It depends. <laughs> Don't be a. Qu- uh, stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. I'll stop. I'll. I'll be good. I'll be. I'll be good. <laughs> Edit point. <laughs> I didn't say it, so I don't have to edit it out. That would have been a great title for the episode, though. What? Don't be a quitter till you hit her in the shitter. God damn it. <laughs> I can edit that out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, all right. So watch, uh, watch Repo Man. Listen to Practice What You Preach. And don't practice what I preach. I'm... A bad, I'm a bad man. Horrible role model. Yes, I am not. I, I have pictures of me before I met him and after I met him. I'm a horrible role model. <laughs> All right. Until next time, this has been Oh No, Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. I'm Jim. Later on, motherfuckers.